Hello and welcome back to the Historical Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Crystal Nichols. And you guys, I am so excited to say that this is the last episode of the year, only because 2021 is almost over. Um, I'm just hoping 2022 isn't 2022. So we'll see. Hopefully everything just kind of chills out. But, you know, even if it doesn't, we'll just have to ride the wave and adapt as new things come up. But Christmas just ended. Happy holidays or Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy everything you celebrate this month. And Happy New Year, since I will not be recording an episode before next Friday outside of this one. Happy New Year. So today we're going to be discussing cursed items. And given how much the royal family, the British royal family, like lives in my brain rent free, you would think that I would have known about this. But no, I never heard of it. And before we go forward in the show, I wanted to say that even though I definitely read into news about the royal family, things like that. I'm not ignorant to their faults, um, <clears throat> Prince Andrew um, specifically, but I, I just find them interesting, I guess. Uh, I think anybody who's into history would. But going to that, uh, there are some people in this story that I'm going to tell now that have had affiliations with the Nazi party. And we won't be going into too much. Know that obviously I think that's abhorrent, um, but I'm probably just not going to mention it here because it's really not central to the story. But nevertheless, we are going to be talking about the strawberry leaf tiara. And on this show, we've covered curses before from things like the Dybbuk box to the ancient Egyptian pharaohs, which was still one of my favorite episodes. But this hot object was commissioned by a father for his daughter, and it may have killed him and her, and to be honest, a lot of other people. So let's start with its creation. Most of us know this, but if you don't, nearly all royal marriages in the 19th century were arranged, and not many of them. In fact, very, very few of them were actually love matches. But the marriage between Queen Victoria and Prince Albert of England, well, Prince Albert was from Germany and Queen Victoria was of England, but we'll get into that. Theirs was a love match. It was a love that most of us aspire to. In fact, after Prince Albert died a pretty untimely death, Queen Victoria wore mourning clothes for 40 years, up until the day she died. She fell into a deep depression and secluded herself away from almost every public event until it was a must for the next few years. Albert was an active prince consort and husband. He and Victoria had nine children, and while she was unable to rule during her recoveries from those pregnancies or any time she was feeling ill, he stepped in. And not to get too off topic here, just interesting thing that came up. There are theories that Prince Albert was not the supportive and loving husband we all see him as. I mean, he definitely played that role. But historians, including chief curator of historic royal palaces, Lucy Worsley, say that Prince Albert knew that Victoria hated being pregnant after her seventh child. 
She was pretty vocal about it, and yet two more children followed. She may have suffered from postpartum depression. I mean, she wrote extensively in her diaries that she didn't bond with her children until they were out of the baby stage. And even then, not much until they were old enough to hold like an intelligent conversation. Worsley says that Albert may have kept her pregnant to rule more and more by her side. Traditionally, the prince consort is a supporting role for the queen, much like a queen would be for a king. They don't really take part in ruling the country. It's not their job. But Albert very much did. He absolutely resented his role as just kind of a bystander. And I think that that's well known. It's definitely well known in the case of Prince Philip that he wanted to do more with his life. But they both made their choices. Anyway... I won't get into all of Albert's contributions in this episode because the list would be very long, and it's not my intention to just talk about their marriage. However, I will say that I think that their marriage was a partnership in every way. Of course, Lucy Worsley has a point, and if Albert did keep Victoria pregnant to keep her out of the way, well, then that would be a horrid abuse of trust. But we really can't know that. All we can know is that she loved him deeply, and he did love her, by all accounts. He liked to show off this love by way of designing jewelry for her, and he was talented in this too, I mean, among many other things. One of the items he designed beautifully is a personal favorite tiara of mine, and that's Queen Victoria's Emerald Tiara. It is so stunning and so delicate that it's hard to imagine it came mostly from the mind of a man with no formal training in making jewelry. And he had many pieces made for her over the years. Nothing quite as stunning, I think, as the Emerald Tiara. But it seemed to be the way he showed his love to the women in his life. Because the last tiara he commissioned is our subject today. And back on the subject of Prince Albert, he was incredibly smart, incredibly talented. And to Lucy Worsley's point, he absolutely could have avoided getting his wife pregnant over and over and over again, especially since he knew he, she hated it. So maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. But like I said before, they both loved each other. Maybe she wanted him to rule with her. And I think that they were a great pair. I mean, definitely... Um, had their drawbacks, their, the, that reign, Queen Victoria's reign, had some drawbacks as to her policies. But I think that they did well together. And she did well on her own too, so who knows really. But back to the subject, the strawberry leaf tiara. It was constructed as a diamond and ruby bandeau tiara originally. Prince Albert had worked with the royal jewelers. Actually, they were the royal jewelers until very recently. But different story. But he had worked with them to design this tiara. And he ended up adding another row of ornate diamond strawberry leaves to the top of the tiara, because there's already one below, to make it truly special for his third daughter, Alice. Princess Alice had gotten engaged to Prince Louis of Hesse in 1861, and it was at this point that Prince Albert had commissioned the tiara to be made specifically as a wedding gift for her to wear down the aisle. Unfortunately, he'd never see her in it. Prince Albert started acting oddly a few weeks before his death. 
He seemingly out of nowhere told Victoria, and this is his quote, I do not cling to life, you do, but I set no store by it. If I knew that those I love were well cared for, I should be quite ready to die tomorrow. I am sure if I had a serious illness, I should give up at once. I should not struggle for life. I have no tenacity for life. Over the next few weeks, he progressively got more and more disoriented and sick. He developed a, quote, horror of a fever, in Victoria's words, and doctors stopped telling him how far his illness had progressed. A rash, similar to typhoid, developed on his skin, and he eventually got so dehydrated and feverish that he died with his family by his side. Now, his official cause of death was given as a fever of 21 days, or typhoid fever. However, it's been speculated as a mixed diagnosis because Albert had suffered all of his life from bouts of diarrhea, anorexia, stomach issues, fatigue, and rheumatism. It's supposed that he died of Crohn's disease and a perforated bowel, or ulcerative colitis. But what interesting timing for this, right as the strawberry leaf tiara was commissioned and about to be handed off to his third daughter. Whatever the reason for his death, he was an extremely beloved leader in England, and the morning after his death was similar to the morning of Princess Diana's death in 1997. The Princess Alice's wedding, which took place soon after her father's death, was, as you can imagine, an extremely somber event. Princess Alice did wear the strawberry leaf tiara during the wedding, but quickly changed out of it for pictures as it was likely seen as too ornate and celebratory during a national moment of mourning. Once the pictures were taken, the party, including the bride, switched their clothes back to black attire. Queen Victoria stayed in mourning, as we discussed, for her beloved husband for the rest of her life. Princess Alice, now the owner of the strawberry leaf tiara, took it with her to her new home with her husband, Prince Louis IV. She wore it quite often during her marriage and was photographed in it several times. Sometime after marriage, Princess Alice became interested in anatomy and nursing, specifically gynecological nursing. She went so far as to examine her mom, Queen Victoria, who afterwards warned her younger daughter, who was headed to visit her older sister, not to let her poke at her. And I couldn't find the quote again after the first time I read it, and it was really funny. Um, But she may have also taken an interest in nursing due to her youngest son, Friedrich's illness. He was a hemophiliac. He suffered from this disease his entire life, from birth. Um, His mother was keenly interested in what caused the illness and how it could be remedied. And after a 20-foot fall in 1873, Fritty, and that was his nickname, his mother called him, ended up passing away. He'd initially survived the fall, but his illness prevented anything helping his internal bleeding, and he died soon after, which you know, if you know, um, hemophiliac's disease prevents the blood from clotting, so it just would not stop bleeding. The sad The saddest part, because all of it's sad, but the saddest part was that he was only two years old. Alice never recovered from his death. And given the reaction of her mother when she wrote to her about her grief, it's entirely unsurprising that this is the case. Alice wrote her mother that she missed her son dearly, and the sadness was 
constant. And this is her quote. I am glad you have a little colored picture of my darling. I feel lower and sadder than ever and miss him so much, so continually. Just reading that just breaks my heart. Queen Victoria, however, was more concerned with her son Alfred's upcoming engagement to Grand Duchess Marie Alexandrovna. The Russian Tsar refused to travel to England to present his daughter to the Queen, and had suggested they all meet in Germany instead. Alice, living in Germany, and probably anxious to see her family while grieving her child's death, really supported this idea for her with her mom. But it annoyed Queen Victoria, and so when she wrote Alice back after that heartbreaking letter, this is what she said. You have entirely taken the Russian side, and I do not think, dear child, that you should tell me what I ought to do. Just, ugh. Not one word about her grandson. Not one word about her daughter's suffering. I mean, God. Just heartless. So, after Friedrich's death, Alex returned to her public duties and grew closer to her remaining children. And that's Victoria, Ernst... Alex, and Marie, her newborn daughter. But in November of 1878, tragedy struck again. Princess Victoria, her eldest daughter, was diagnosed with diphtheria. In fact, the entire ducal household fell ill, except for Elizabeth, who had been sent off to live with a relative. Her youngest daughter, Marie, was the first to be seriously sick. On November 15th, Alice was called to say goodbye to her daughter, still a toddler at the time. By the time she arrived, Marie had choked to death. Alice wrote that the pain was beyond words, and due to this, she delayed telling her other sick children as long as she could. But finally she broke down, and the first one she told was 10-year-old Ernst, who was still battling the disease. This is her oldest son. He was completely distraught, and Alice, in her need to comfort her son, ignored her rule about physical contact with sick people. Ernst had been playing with Freddie when he'd fallen to his death, so I can understand that she would want to comfort her son. He was terribly hurt when his brother had died, and so she kissed her son and cried with him. Unfortunately, this is what got her sick. On December 14th, after being sick for a few days, Alice muttered the words, Dear Papa, and fell unconscious, dying a few hours later. It's important to note, she died 17 years to the day that her father, Prince Albert, died. And this was at the time duly noted by Victoria, who all of a sudden knew what it was like to grieve a child. Alice was the first of her children to die. And she often said after this that she'd wish, she wished that she had died instead of Alice. The strawberry leaf tiara next resurfaced in the hands of Ernst's wife, who'd gotten the tiara as a wedding present. She didn't wear it often, but it was worn. Her marriage to Ernst was an unhappy one from the start. They managed to have one child together, though, Princess Elizabeth of Hesse. Victoria Melita his wife, refused to stay in an unhappy marriage, and good for her. Uh, But she begged Queen Victoria to approve a divorce between the two of them. And it should be noted here that Victoria Melita and Ernst were both her grandchildren because 
they were cousins. But anyway, she refused, though. And she said, you know, you have a child together, Princess Elizabeth, you need to make it work. But Victoria Melita was not having that and divorced her husband Ernst anyway in 1901. Ernst, by the way, also did not want a divorce initially for the same reason. He did not want his daughter to have this fragmented upbringing. But more tragedy would befall Ernst and Victoria. Their child Elizabeth, just eight years old, died of typhoid two years after their divorce. It's been said, however, that typhoid was not her cause of death, and we'll get into that. Princess Elizabeth had been staying with her uncle, Tsar Nicholas, and her aunt, uh, Alexandra, at their ski getaway in Poland. She fell ill one day, and her illness was not seen as a serious one, so the Tsar and Tsarina did not pay much attention to it. By the end of the night, though, she was having chest pains, trouble breathing, and a fever of 104 degrees. Everyone was called in then, and her doctor asked her for her final request, which was, one, to send a telegram to her mother and father to let them know her condition and that she loved them, and then to see Princess Anastasia. As Anastasia entered the room, Elizabeth's eyes watched her as she died. A few years later, the Tsar's family would also be dead. It's been posited that Elizabeth was poisoned by a dish meant for her uncle. Given that he was murdered a few years later um, by the Bolsheviks, it's not entirely impossible, but there's really no way to prove it. And the official cause of death remains typhoid fever. And this Alexandra that had died, Alexandra Romanoff, was Alice's other daughter and Ernst's sister. So the tiara then passed to Ernst's next wife, who was often photographed in it. She seemed to love it. And who wouldn't? It's a gorgeous tiara. She even decided to keep it when the monarchy in Hesse by Rhine was abolished in 1918 and even lent it out to her daughter-in-law, Grand Duchess Cecily. Cecily wore it often, and you might know that Cecily was the older sister of the late Prince Philip of England. In 1937, she, her husband George Donatus, and two of her three children decided to board a plane to England for the wedding of her son-in-law, Prince Louis to Margaret Campbell Geddes. She was due to give birth any day to her fourth child and was hesitant to get on the plane She did not like flying, famously, and would wear black whenever she did get on a plane, if she had to. She was not planning to be away for long, though, and was convinced to board the plane to England anyway. The skies were very foggy as the family flew over to Belgium. Maybe she was worried about the fog. Maybe her anxiety got the best of her. Or maybe it was just time to deliver her child. But it was reported that she went into labor on the plane. The pilot tried to make an emergency landing in Belgium, but he couldn't see that well in the fog, and he crashed the plane into a factory. There were no survivors. One of the few items recovered in the crash was the strawberry leaf tiara, resting with the other royal jewels in a lockbox. Prince Louis's wedding took place the next day 
And much like Princess Alice's funeral, it was a dark and sad affair. Louis flew to Ostend, where the plane had crashed, to escort his family's remains back to their home in Darmstadt. While there for the funeral, he took charge of their only surviving daughter, Johanna, who at the time of the flight was too young to travel. Cecily and George Donatus died just a little over a month after George's father, Ernst, or Princess Alice's oldest son, had died. The strawberry leaf tiara would have been Johanna's by inheritance after her parents' death, but two years later, in 1939, Princess Johanna died of meningitis. No one has worn the strawberry leaf tiara since. It was stored away with the family jewels after Johanna's death, and in 1997 went to the foundation of the House of Hess, an organization that manages the Hess family's assets. It hasn't been photographed since the 1930s, and it really hasn't been seen much in the museum for the House of Hess. While I do think that when one large family has relatives in every, nearly every European nation, uh, I do think that it's possible they could experience so many tragedies in one small era due to diseases, revolutions, and just general mortality of the time. I mean, so many in a small time is definitely suspect. Three of Alice's children dying young is a bit much, even for the 1800s. Alexandra was murdered with her husband and children during the Bolshevik Revolution. Fritty fell and died, and Marie died of diphtheria. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot, you know? So, do I think the strawberry leaf tiara is cursed? Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. It's interesting that it hasn't been worn, and it's barely ever appeared at a museum. I mean, is it because no one wants to touch it? I don't know. I wouldn't. Would you? Would you trust your children to wear it, or your child? I don't know. I mean, it's not because it's not as pretty. I mean, you look up all of the tiaras and the English crown jewels and Russian, and sure, House of Hesse, you could look that up as well. And they're stunning. There's some that are not quite as pretty as others. Um, but this one is not one of them. This one is very gorgeous. So I'm not entirely sure why we haven't seen it, but it definitely doesn't help the rumors of a cursed object. You know, I will be posting on Instagram, the pictures of the strawberry leaf tiara and some of the players in this show, i.e. Princess Alice and, um, Victoria Melita and Princess Cecily. But, or Grand Duchess, excuse me, excuse me, Grand Duchess Cecily, I will be posting those pictures. um, And you guys tell me, would you wear it? Would you let family members wear it? Would you be okay with that? Um, Let me know in the comments. But thank you so much for listening. My Instagram is at historical paranormal. And I would love for y'all to sound off in the comments. Let me know what you think. My TikTok, which I still need to work on, although I have been posting updates to it, is at The Historical Paranormal. Um, let me know, again, what you think, episode ideas, things like that. And I'll get back to you on it. 
Thank you so much for listening again. Happy New Year. And I look forward to posting much more often in this next year now that life has kind of chilled out. All right. Have a safe week. Be careful to, uh, on that Friday night. And I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.